Hey everybody, this is a special episode of the What's Really Going On podcast. It is just me, Noah, in the building. Henry is not here, but I have a special guest and lawyer and our resident constitutional law expert. I'm with Garrett Tracy. Garrett, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Noah? Good. This is Garrett's first time, and I'm going to say the first of many times Garrett will be on the podcast. So naturally, the biggest news that we're going to talk about is impeachment. Uh, Woo! A lot going on, right? Um. There, to say the least. To say the least. <laughs> to say the least. So I think the purpose the of this, and Garrett and I have had long conversations about this pretty much every day since the impeachment news broke, I think we want to try to break down what happened, how this all began, even simpler stuff like what is impeachment, what is the process. Um, so we're just going to try to break all that down and make it simple because even we've had to look stuff up, and I think we're pretty in the know. Garrett, for context has a constitution out in front of him with markings. You know, uh, unlike some of our elected officials, I actually try to read the constitution and know what it says. You could have just said that you actually read and that would have been fine. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I think what we're going to try to do first is to break down what happened and then we're going to explain why this matters, what is impeachment, and what the process is. So I think this all, I'm going to break down the timeline. Garrett, chime in whenever you have thoughts or additional information. So this first all started on July 25th when Trump made a call to the president of Ukraine one day after the testimony of Robert Mueller for the Russia investigation. So on the call, and Garrett, feel free to chime in if I'm missing something, the president then basically made a kind of a vague ask where he was asking for the president, the newly elected president of Ukraine to investigate uh, then candidate for president and still candidate for president and former Vice President Joe Biden in exchange for Trump then releasing, I think, around $400 million in weapons aid uh, to Ukraine, who was fighting against Russia, who Russia took over Crimea, an area in eastern Ukraine. That's pretty much an accurate way. Essentially, Russian aggression. We, uh, the United States, is a longtime ally of Ukraine, and uh, a part of being an ally is supporting your ally, your friends. If they're in conflict. Correct. Armed conflict. Uh, correct. And so uh, the United States for quite some time now, um, right, <laughs> quite some time, has uh, been, particularly very recently, has been supplying uh, military and monetary aid to uh, Ukraine in support, uh, or rather for them to fight Russian aggression. And so uh, uh, you've got all the facts. Right. right. Boom. So then, uh, a couple weeks after that call, there was a whistleblower who was still unknown to the general public filed a complaint to the House and Senate uh, Intelligence Committees accusing Trump of soliciting Ukraine to interfere in the upcoming 2020 presidential election. That complaint, however, was withheld from the House and Senate Committees by the then acting Director of National Intelligence. So this is what kind of starts what we'll then talk about with one of the articles of impeachment. But this is kind of what is happening behind the scenes. In September, uh, the Wall Street Journal first reported that the story um, that Trump had pressured Ukraine into uh, investigating Joe Biden in exchange for military aid. After that story comes out four days later, Pelosi, who has been on the fence about impeachment, she officially announced that the House would begin a formal impeachment inquiry. On that day, she said that she is calling upon a that Trump calling upon a foreign power to interfere in his election. This is a breach of his constitutional 
responsibilities. Gary, you have anything to add or kind of chime in well, there? Well, I, I think it's important uh, to underscore a couple of things. Well, one, uh, you haven't mentioned it yet, but mm. you're, you're, you're going to get there in terms of the timeline. Uh, the president, Mr. Trump, uh, eventually releases the transcript. And I think it's, yes, he does. It's, it is important. Though. It's key uh, to this whole thing unraveling is the content of that uh, that mm-hmm. that particular transcript, um, and in that transcript, if you read it, it's cryptic, but it's there. Yeah. Uh, you see the president effectively say, uh, "We understand and are excited yeah. to help you uh, in your uh, conflict against Russia." Someone whom, by the way, the United uh, the, the president currently is praised on many yes. occasions, which is also important. Um, uh, but he uh, he states on the call that he is excited to release aid that Congress. That's it's another important yeah, part here is that Congress that. had already allocated that money, and as much as the president uh, would like to think, the Constitution very specifically says that the that the House of Representatives is the is the body in which appropriations or appropriation bills should begin. And the idea there is that. Uh, the house is the closest to the people, and so when the government of the United States spends any money, the people should be behind that. And right. at, and and underscoring all of that is the people, like the House and the Senate, spoke with one voice and said, "Give this money to Ukraine and this aid to Ukraine." And the president expressed, that while he was excited to do that, he was also at the same time excited for the Ukrainian government to investigate the president's then or current political rival. Um, By saying specifically, we would like to give you the aid, period, but I would I need you to do us a favor. Exactly. I need you to that's look main, into something. Right, I need you to look into something. This whole Biden stuff with his son, which I think for the context of this is pretty irrelevant, but there is some kind of history there, but that kind of, I think, gets us away from the actual yes. facts of what happened. So, like you perfectly explained, the money was given to Trump. The aid would have been distributed through, I think, either the State Department or the DOD. Or I think the it was D- the DOD, Department of Defense. So it was going to be exchanged through a f- executive agency, but was given to the executive agency through the Congress, the, the Congress, the as, legislative branch. As uh, as, as is any and all yeah. appropriations, right? I mean, think about it when Congress says. Uh, we want to spend this money here. It's typically, it'll vary, but typically, you, you know, you want to think the Department of the Treasury or some department who is in charge of the activity then outlays the money. But right. the order to spend the money comes given from through Congress. Correct. Right. So that's an important note. And then in November, the House Intelligence Committee began investigating, which included current and former Foreign Service, National Security, and Trump administration officials who testified about their knowledge on the call and the events leading up to it. That then led to the Judiciary Committee, and Gary, if you chime in here, the Judiciary Committee in the House, they're the ones who actually present the then articles of impeachment to the general body of the House. That's correct. They're the ones who drafted. So the House then drafted two articles of impeachment. One, the first, which is Trump abusing his power, and the second, obstructing of Congress. This all led to yesterday, December 18th, uh, on a largely party line vote with the exception of a few members. There was an independent who voted in favor. There were two Democrats who voted against both amendments and Tulsi Gabbard who chose what she wanted to do and voted present for some foolish reason. Um, thus, 
the articles were approved yes. and President Trump was impeached. Ooh. Now I think we get to the main point of this conversation, mm-hmm. which is Garrett, explain the process to us of impeachment. What what is impeachment? If you had to say, if you had to define what impeachment is, what would you say? Well, I think that I th- the best way to conceptualize what impeachment is, um, it is an action by a house or um, a, a a body, a chamber within Congress, right, signaling to its upper chamber that. Uh, there are issues in another branch of government. Uh, in this case, it would the be executive. the executive branch, the president. And for context, the judicial ju- judges can also be impeached. Judges can yeah. any 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 yeah, any right. individual who holds public office can, can be in, in fact be impeached. And this is on both federal level and the state level. Um, now, the rules to their impeachment, of course, are going to vary by state, by state and right. by uh, you know either by state or within the federal government, but uh, the idea is the same, right? You, uh, the, the articles of impeachment are passed within the House and then sent over, transmitted to the Senate. The Senate then holds what the media at this current point is a, called a trial. Uh, I don't really think that that's a good way to describe it, although uh, the language of the Constitution kind of hints towards that because they refer to it as a case of impeachment Mm -hmm. uh, in the same way we do cases um, or, or, right, refer to cases in law. And so uh, that's more or less where this, they're a jury and this is, uh, you know, this is a trial where that language comes from. But they are distinct in many ways um, and thus very different. So uh, in all, uh, impeachment is just the, it's just the way to kick off removing an individual from office. And that's more or less the goal of impeachment. Right. So then you would say that the House has done their job. And so as of now, President Trump has been, quote unquote, impeached. Yes, he is an impeached president. We've had three of them, uh, including him. Right. Once every century was Andrew Johnson in the 1800s, Bill Clinton in the Mm -hmm. 1990s, and now President Trump. And it is worth pointing out that no president has ever been removed from office through the process of impeachment. Andrew Johnson resigned. Am I, I'm, or, I, I, I'm going to get that check. <laughs> I know Bill Clinton, he was not uh, convicted by the Senate. Um, he wasn't. I, he was not. Right. He wasn't removed. He Or for proper, proper word, he was acquitted. It, correct. Well, but he was acquitted by the Senate. The only president who actually may have been impeached, probably impeached and removed, was would likely have been Nixon. But Nixon felt the winds of his own party turning against and him and decided to, to resign. remove himself. And yes. I think, uh, historical note, I think that is one thing that I noticed when I was looking up the history of impeachment in the House was that a lot of executive officials uh, and judicial officials, when they face impeachment, and then oftentimes when they know they're not going to be successful, they often resign and just remove themselves to I would imagine to get rid of the embarrassment or Well, I think that's a that is a that is a sign of the times, right? I think that this with this particular president, um and and to be fair, uh, Clinton also didn't remove yeah, he himself, dug his heels in. right? He right, he dug his heels in. Um I think however it turned distinguishing Clinton from Mr. Trump here, uh Clinton in that instance, uh he was convicted and or at least was attempted to be convicted for lying perjury mm-hmm. right they were right. trying to get him on some type of federal crime 
which related directly to his personal life, right? There was no there was no official act. There was no official act on you know there was nothing. There was no act or conduct by the president of the United States that uh, affected anything outside of the president's own personal life. Right. right, the you know, and, and the personal relationship like, with his, his wife. And, correct. Right. Uh, now, we can get into the arguments as to whether or not he should have been dealing with Monica Lewinsky in the first place. But that's but another conversation. That, that's a, that's a right. separate conversation, right? On the other hand, you've got a president, uh, this one, who is in office and understands, or someone around him understands the political system, and thus uh, is explaining to him to dig his heels in because. The only way to remove Trump from office is for the Senate to do it. And thus far, we've seen the Senate side with him on both moral issues and political ones. And so uh, while there may be the political will in the country to get rid of him, the Senate uh, the Senate is, is going to uh, dig their heels in uh, and defend him tooth and nail. And then kind of unpack that because I think that, um, you know, when we've been kind of up talking in our apartment, we, we've talked about polls that say, a majority of Americans think that Trump did something wrong, and I think, but not all of them think he should necessarily be impeached. And I think that kind of feeling generally goes to the, at least the Republicans in the Senate, who will then say, well, he might have done something wrong, and it's not a crime. But like we just pointed out, like you just pointed out a couple about an hour ago, uh, the process of impeachment is not criminal; mm -hmm. it's political. Yeah. So kind of take us into that, what that kind of or at least what the senators are thinking in that this is not necessarily – like it's not criminally based. It's just a matter of – it's politics. Right. It's, it's, there is a political element to all so I So I think what's, what's key here is understanding the Constitution. So I'm going to – I'll read you a couple of sections out of the Constitution that I think are extremely important. So Article 1, Section 2 outlines that the House of Representatives – um, shall choose the Speaker, Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, and their other officers, right? And they shall have the sole power of impeachment. And we saw that mm -hmm. yesterday, yesterday. Uh, where the, the House voted and passed what two, we, articles. two articles, what we now call the Articles of Impeachment Against Trump. Uh, if you read a little further into the Constitution, Article 1, Section 3 reads that the Senate shall have the sole power to try all impeachments. When sitting for that purpose, they shall be on oath or affirmation. And when the president of the United States is tried, the chief justice shall preside. And no person shall be convicted without the concurrence of two-thirds of the members present. Excuse me. And the judge's uh, judgment in cases of impeachment shall not extend further. And this is key here. That, um, that the judgment, so uh, whatever decision... Uh, that is made by the senators there uh, shall not extend further than to remove someone or the president from their office and the disqualification to hold and enjoy any office of honor. And in this case, that would be any political office, um, trust or profit under the United States. But a party convicted shall nevertheless be liable and subject to indictment, trial and punishment according to law. So, for example, that all means that it's president, no alliance. I get impeached for something. That means that I would not be able to be a House member after that. I would not be able to be a senator or maybe even a governor. I would not be able to have any type of office that is related to public trust or be a public official in that sense. Because I know, even though it is interesting because there is a current 
um, Alfie Hastings, he's a congressman from Florida, he was impeached for as a federal judge for taking a bribe in the 1990s. So uh, you, you said a lot of interesting things there. So yes, if you get impeached as the president, uh, if the Senate were to choose to bar, you. to bar you from being the president further, which they can do, mm-hmm. uh, then you could no longer, you'd be ineligible to run, so run for, for anything else. For the, the office of the president. Right, okay. They, they could also extend that to members of the House right. and the Senate, uh, but as it related as it relates to states, they really wouldn't have that authority to right. do that. Because they, that's, right. Those are two different, in, in, in the law, they refer to them as sovereigns. It's two different sovereigns. So, uh, the federal government can't necessarily, and in all cases, tell the state government how. Here's what you have to right, do. Here's what but you have to do. But at least on our level, with our with within our within our scope, arena, the, we can within, tell you what to do. House. Yes, um, and so uh, they can they they can bar the uh, the current president from running again. Um, but that is not to say a punishment of removal is going to jail. That's not that's not what happens here. Right. And I think that that's another thing that the Trump administration has been doing a great job with mess- messaging. Um, it's painting a picture that if I get in, if that if he they, not if only gets either gets me, impeached or I'm, is removed, I'm being like Rikers. that he's going to Rikers. And that's not the case. Although Cy Vance, the uh, DA, context, we've never seen it happen. We haven't seen it happen, but it it, it would never. it probably it would never happen. Um, interestingly enough, I think. Um, I was in history class in high school a couple of years ago, and I believe President Bush was president at the time. And there were talks of uh, President Bush committing war crimes. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, um, for basically fabricating a war. Exactly. And so, <laughs> uh, so uh, part of that very political conversation. Keep in mind, right? When the punishment is removal of political office, the it's not. It, it's not the same as going to jail, no. right? It's it's a political punishment. It's not a it's not a, rev, a revocation or a taking away of someone's no. liberty. We're stripping right? you of the power that is associated with this. The job. office. We're just saying you can't be in the Oval Office anymore. Yeah. So you lost uh, your job. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so there was a there was an instance I had a conversation with a professor of mine at the time, and we were talking, and he went he went as far as to say that no president of the United States will ever serve time. It really would look yeah. terrible for the office of the president and just the United States politically. It would like politically weaken, weaken the body and that would be bad to have a president who's ever who's served serving time? in jail. Serve time? Get out of here. Absolutely not. Now, do I think that that statement can be made today in this very political and partisan climate? I don't know. I think I think lock that, her, that, lock that, her up. that that premise is being challenged. I mean, look at... um. I mentioned Cy Vance earlier. He is the DA in Manhattan, and he mm-hmm. is yeah. he's seeking uh, prosecution of the president. He yeah. wants the president to be held accountable, um, and I, I believe an appellate court very recently um, said that one of the charges that he was looking forward to bringing, um, he could no longer do that under uh, the Double Jeopardy Clause, which bars mm-hmm. the president right. and any one of us from um, being charged with the same Crime twice. twice. Excuse me. No, that wasn't the president that he was charging that with. I, let me clarify my statement there. Um, it was one of the president's cronies um, who was involved yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in uh, some dealings that some are nefarious, absolutely illegal. Yeah, nefarious behavior. To say the least. Um, um, so, uh, will, will, 
I say all that to say, will the United States really ever have a president that's going behind bars? Probably not. The the the, the next president, kind of like the whole right. uh, uh, Carter Nixon situation, mm-hmm. just, will just right. will take place. And I think as we begin to kind of wrap up, I think as someone who's very well versed, clearly as we can see in the Constitution, do you think? And I think the framers did this intentionally. Do you think it is? In this environment now where everything is very hyper-political in my side, your side, do you think that it is too difficult to impeach a president or to actually impeach and remove? And the framers would probably say that's by design because the, the legislative branch using impeachment is their ultimate weapon. That's the most extreme thing they can do, which is going to shake up the system. So if you do it, you have to have consensus. Like you said, it's two bodies, but it's still one mind. But in this, I don't think they envision things being so hyper-partisan now where it's just, if you're a Republican, you're standing with the president no matter what. If you're a Democrat, no matter what, you want him removed. Do you think it's too hard to actually say, because I'm assuming that you're of the same mind as me, that the president did something that is very much so worthy of impeachment, that is very concerning? Where in the most basic terms of describing it, he asked a foreign country to investigate his political opponent to benefit his own stake in his own election that could be against that opponent. So to, so to answer your question, I think... Because I think that does get to a very concerning thing. Yes. So, so okay. So I think that uh, we, we touch on a lot of things. So let's, let me give some perspective. I think that, first of all, impeachment and removal, those are very partisan and political things. Mm-hmm. Largely. And, and I think that there have been studies, and I'm not going to undercut any studies, but uh, there have been studies that said that the United States is becoming more and more polarized, more and mm-hmm. more partisan. And those things are true. However, what you're asking is, is it too, is the current political situation, is the state of our union so polarized that no president, despite doing anything, can be impeached? I don't think that that is the truth. I think. I don't think it is either, but I think this is a good. This is a good. This is a good litmus test to say that, that, this is something really bad. Fair. What would it, what would it take? And I think that's not only a question for the Republicans now, but in the future, even for Democrats, because who knows? Who, who, what would be the thing that would have both parties saying, the, the buck stopped there? That's fair. You have to go. So I think that, uh, to, to be fair to the Republicans, first let me say that I think that the president violated federal law. I yeah. think that the president, <laughs> upon his, whether he is removed or if he is lucky enough to serve out the rest of his term... I think that the moment he is no longer the president, somebody, some prosecutor needs to do their job and prosecute him under the law. Yes. And I I think that and I believe that because nobody is above the law. No one is above the law. And we live in a society of laws. Do you think that is a thing of practice or theory? Because I've heard in both cases at least, and that gets to the whole thing I think when you get to that certain level that you know when you're a president you can kind of just not do whatever you want but you have very wide discretion so being the president does grant you and afford you a lot of discretion and lots of powers and you you do you certainly do right i mean you've got this uh, today today uh you have this thing called executive privilege those words are not in the constitution 
Constitution does not, does not grant anything specifically, right? But that's just a, a it, it is just the comfort thing that we give that them we exactly out of it, practice, correct? And so uh, it's been developed, it's been it's been enshrined now in what we know is our common law because the Supreme Court has said mm-hmm. has recognized the privileged and and of said, hey, this is this is this is how you get to do and execute some of the things that you need to do, uh, and so. I, I, I think that, uh, to get back to the base question, can this president be impeached? Yes. How does he get there? Well, you have to have senators who are willing to put the partisanship aside and mm-hmm. really concentrate on the issues. Now, to their, to, to their, to their point, right? This tr- Trump doing what he did isn't quite like Pearl Harbor. And that, in that, I mean, suppose, say... I don't know, uh, as a resu- direct result of Trump withholding the aid, right? Mm-hmm. Millions of Americans, maybe not millions, thousands of Americans were directly affected. And by that, I mean right. their lives were lost. There was a lost. direct correlation between him withholding the aid for political purposes and then and something someone dying in America. Exactly. Or a financial hit to America that was caused by and his inaction. And if it is, a, and, and if it is a financial action, it needs to be... So clearly his fault that there's a direct court, there's a direct tie. And, and, and I think it's important to look at, and I, and I draw this analogy really, really in mind thinking of the first impeachment that took place, Andrew Johnson. Mm-hmm. Andrew Johnson was the 17th president of the United States. Yeah. Right. And he, he took office. He was a southerner. He took office right after Lincoln. Right at the time, the 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 Congress itself was being put back together. Right, the nation. He right, right. So he was in direct conflict as a Southerner with the actions of this radical North who wanted to eliminate slavery. Right. So Johnson stood in direct opposition to getting rid of slavery which is what we fought the war over. So arguably, you could say he was removed for political reasons. They didn't want him in office because he was no longer doing what Lincoln was doing, which was rebuilding the nation, putting it back together. Uh, And that is not, you know, full disclaimer, that is not for me to say that Lincoln was in support of uh, the abolitionist movement. I don't believe that history says that necessarily. (laughs) I think that he gets credit for ending slavery by virtue of winning the war. Uh, history, but history is always written by the victors. Hi- history is written by the victors, and I think that uh, uh, that the union the union happened to win, and the union ended slavery because it was a blow to uh, Confederate troops. <laughs> that really was that. Uh, but <laughs> that is neither here nor there. Um, I say all that to say is that removal and impeachment have always been a political. A political move. And I think that's the one thing that you focus on this entire yeah. time is that it's not... It, Mr. Trump is not going to jail. He is not... It's almost uh, like it's... This is my interpretation, especially of hearing you. It's not necessarily the action in itself. It's the action within context of a bunch of other yes. stuff. And a part of the reason why probably Clinton didn't get impeached was because he was really popular. Yeah. And, I mean, also brings to the nature about of what was happening, but... If Clinton probably would not have been popular, he probably would have been able to get out of it, would have been removed. Absolutely. Would have been removed. Absolutely. And 
if Trump was really popular, Nancy Pelosi probably wouldn't be bringing the impeachment charges against him. I mean, you can and look at you can look at her un- hesitation generally right, she did up until the, this point. Right. Um, do you have kind of any other final thoughts about impeachment, the process, or what to watch out for going forward? Well, um, I think because there's a lot of moving parts as of now, but I think this was important to have a conversation of just like how we got here, the context. But what are you kind of with? as you have your constitution in front of you, what are you kind of thinking of? Or like, what's the most important thing you're looking out for? So I think for me moving forward, right? And uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to expose my own politics as a Democrat, but but more importantly, as an American, who, it was be- assumed, it was assumed. who believes, <laughs> uh, uh, who believes in institutions and the powers uh, and, the, and the power of legitimacy, right? We have to, we, our government works because we as American citizens respect our government, mm-hmm. right? The government the government is formed by the people for the people, right? And will stop in the same way that at the end of the revolutionary, excuse me, at the beginning of the revolutionary war, the colonists felt that the government that, that was representing them was it's not, not working for yeah. them, right? And so they revolted, and they wrote that in the Declaration of Independence. So I think, so so I think that we as Americans need to look forward in the future and really contemplate who we want in the White House how we want that individual to act and represent us, right? Because regardless of whether or not you feel like Trump violated or committed a federal crime or whether you agree with Nancy Pelosi bringing these articles uh, together, I think what's important and what's lacking on both sides, more so the Republicans, but, you know, uh, both sides are to blame for this, uh, a lack of civility and, and even... Calm and cool and collected thoughts, right? Nixon had the self-respect. Self-awareness. And awareness of both the privilege of being the president and also understanding that he committed a crime. Because he, he didn't, that was the one thing about him is that he did, he knew he did something And he wrong. stepped away and he, and he resigned, right? And also, I think it's, it's weird because Nixon was, I mean, the thing of I'm not a crook, he was, but it's like. He recognized that one, I'm, I did something wrong, I'm, get, and I'm not going to put the country through and this. For the sake of the nation, I will I'll, step. I'll, I'll, I will step I'll, back. I'll get out. I will step back. I think uh, for those listeners, excuse me, um, who binge watch Netflix like I do, I think, I think what we're missing is what you see on in the Crown, right? Yeah. If you watch from episode one, I mean, from episode one all the way to season two, you see this restraint by the crown very often. She's constantly thinking of the state of uh, of uh, the United Kingdom. And right? what would happen if I put my scale on the thumb? Um, the f- my thumb on the scale. Thumb on the scale, yeah. <laughs> but, no, but I think that's important is that what would, and I think that's my biggest kind of takeaway is, you know, what does happen, or I think... I think the most interesting thing about the Trump administration has been the how the system has responded to this agent who's outside of what we would normally assume to be civility politics, but also the system in general. I think that even the most heartless politicians like McConnell, they'll largely operate within the system, but on the most extreme end. I think with Trump's case, it's what happens when we have an actor who just says, Forget the system. Mm-hmm. I am it now. Or I'm not going to. It's like I'm playing a game. It's how do you play a game with someone when they're not playing by the rules or right. they don't even respect the game that you're right. playing. Right. So you're on two different playing fields. So I think I want to see how 
I think this will be important when he's tried in the Senate. If the Senate asks certain people to come forward who should, and if the Trump administration blocks it, how does the system respond in generally to someone who is outside of the thinking of someone who's been in the system before? Well, if I could chime in on, on that at yeah, all, I would do. say, it, it, first of all, again, this just shows you the lack of deference to the system that the, mm-hmm. this current administration has, yeah. right? If the if Congress, the body speaks and summons a human person before them, all they have to go. that person <laughs> must come, right? It's just it's just it's just that simple. If tomorrow I get a I get a subpoena from a committee from Congress from Nancy Pelosi, I would be dropping you off in my Toyota Ram. That, that is right. We are we are showing up in the same way. If a judge were to sign off on a subpoena. For some arm, for the executive arm of whatever state summons me before the court, you have to go. I'm gonna show up, and so for the Trump administration to blatantly and 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 and, not and clearly say not. no, we're not gonna participate. It, it is almost a detaching of this. We are one government, right? right. The, y'all, are doing, y'all are doing y'all own thing. We're over here. We, the don't United, bring, don't exactly. bring me into that. The U.S. has one government composed of three branches, not two branches. That, and something else. And, and, and this, this omnibus thing that just exists. That everything that's, centers around. That's not, that's not how the framers intended the, the Constitution to work. That's not how we have been operating. Um, uh, and, and so for him to come in and uh, change the rules in the way he's doing uh beyond too far beyond too far I'm, I'm i'm here for the political games for the for the uh well i'm gonna tweak this a little bit to see if i can squeeze this political outcome I, i'm not saying that you don't get the discretion and the power and the privilege to do those things that's governing right but to but to turn the crown Upside on its head is is is, and is a com- <laughs> and right and and, and then act as if you know, the people around you who are screaming, no, 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 that's too far, are crazy. Right. It's like, it, your, it's like your gaslighting. Phone. That's it. That's You're it. You're crazy for thinking I'm crazy for flipping the table. Uh, the, other, the, other, the other thing that I, that I find most remarkable about this administration is the, the audacity and the gall, right? The, the yeah. administration acts as if it, first of all, won the popular vote, which it did not. This administration does not have more people behind it than the Electoral College. Right, the Republicans won because the Electoral College, which is the body that decides who gets to be the president, foolishly. Uh, in, <laughs> foolishly. Inside, I mean, DC is not a state, right? There are a lot of things that are wrong, right? There are a lot yeah. of things that are wrong. Um, but the the current president acts as if he has a mandate behind him, and he doesn't. He doesn't have the full support of 51 percent of the country, or even fifty point one percent of the country, right? He he doesn't have that. Um. He has a, a, a plurality of the country yep. behind him. Um, moreover, he acts as if he won a second re-election, and it's like confirming him, right? If you look at the United Kingdom right now, they just had, a, yeah, they just had a, an, election. an election. And what's different, for those who didn't study political science, what's different about the U.S. government and the government in the U.K., the United Kingdom, uh, is they have what's called a parliamentary system. Yeah. Um, and they're president their prime minister which is what they're called so effectively their president is chosen by their legislative body which would be the congress so just imagine congress 
picking one person to be the president amongst them amongst them so so it had to be someone in the body who they picked to be amongst them kind of like nancy pelosi or uh this uh, kevin the McCarthy. kevin mccarthy or possibly if you wanted to use the senate it would be the majority mitch mcconnell or, mitch chuck, or chuck schumer uh likely it would be the person in the majority which it always is with uh yeah. and so uh, it kind of be like that person being the president right and a feature of the parliamentary system is that the prime minister can call elections. That person can decide when we trigger elections, mm-hmm. whereas here they're on terms. Right. And so uh, a political feature of that, uh, of that system is, let's say there's this big issue. Let's take health care, for example, mm-hmm. when Obama wanted to revamp health care. If either before or after that, he felt like he didn't have the support of the elect, the, the base, as in the people... He would, you know, there'd be a vote of no confidence or he would he'd call it, he'd set an election date. And then that election would decide who gets to be in power. Mm-hmm. And if he remained in power, the presumption is the people like what you're doing, keep doing it. And if they don't, you're, you're out. out of office. So it's, you, you know where you stand. Right. So you get to have this like robust confidence about, or, well, I'm doing what the people want me to do. And that's kind Cause of, because we, we just did it, right? And that's kind of the confidence Trump has, but he doesn't have an election to support him for that, right? I mean, yes, he's the president and he won an election almost four years ago, uh, but he, first of all, he ran on a platform of, the, we're going to build a wall. And I, I see and, that we And I think, I think what you just said is important. I think this is the final thought, is that he did all that, he has the confidence like he just won an election, and he reached out to Ukraine to help him win another one. Yes, with Full his, circle. It with, all, it, with an, he, <laughs> he has an intent to put his fingers on the scale. He's going to do anything in, in, in his power to make sure he wins. Absolutely. And if we don't impeach him now, who knows what he's going to do? Pre- Trump for president, twenty twenty four. I mean, he's down. already he's already said that he will run for a third term. This president is is willing to break the norms. He's willing to break the norms. So, Garrett Tracy, I appreciate you, brother. No, thank anytime. So be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms. That includes. Instagram at what's really going that includes Twitter underscore WRGO YouTube be sort of subscribe comment like tell your mom tell whoever tell your co-worker make sure they subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud and Spotify see y'all